Hey, it's Pastor Mike. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to encourage you to check out our other Time of Grace podcasts, like the podcast Little Things with Amber L.B. Swenson. If you don't know Amber, she is smart, she's witty, she's insightful, she's honest, she's blunt, she's comforting, she's amazing. You're going to love her. So just search for Little Things wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And now on to today's episode. I once had a summer job while I was back in high school and college where I was doing lawn care on a school campus. And one of my jobs was to use a very high powered uh, edger, weed, weed, weed eater kind of thing. It was uh, such a big thing that it had this whole like strap contraption thing that I, harness thing that I had to wear that had a, a clip on the side that it, it attached to. So, so it would always be clear, but it had a sign on the back. The sign on the back said, danger, stand clear 300 feet. <laughs> By the time uh, by the time I ended up wearing this, it had been worn so many times that the D on the word danger had been like rubbed off or scratched off or faded in the sun or something. So instead of saying danger, stand clear 300 feet, it said anger, stand clear 300 feet, giving anyone walking by the impression that you were uh, you were observing a very angry person and you want to stand clear of them. That um, I didn't feel I was particularly angry when I had that job, but it makes me think of forgiveness. And what it does to us when we don't forgive someone. Somebody once said something to me of the, to the effect of, you know, forgiveness isn't so much releasing another person from what they did to you. It is releasing yourself from being owned by what they did to you. When we refuse to forgive, we can hold on to a lot of anger and a lot of bitterness. And that isn't such an easy place to live. It is hard to be free from that. But, but scripture gives us just some good guidance on how we can take the first steps to being free from it for the sake of ourselves. You know, some people sometimes wonder, how can I forgive if I can't forget what they've done? Uh, they have this idea that you're supposed to be able to forget what they did. And then once you can forget it, then you can live like it never happened. But, but that's not how the Bible talks about forgiveness. Just think about one of the greatest examples of forgiveness in the Bible. Genesis chapter 50, Joseph. Joseph had brothers who had sold him many years earlier. They sold their brother made a profit off of his life and then were thinking they were never going to see him again. And then they meet up later on, later on in life. They come back together while Joseph is uh, in a very high position in the nation of Egypt, saving many lives, doing a lot of great things. And his brothers walk in and, and they reconnect. And then they bring the whole family to Egypt to live there until uh, a worldwide famine is all, is all done. And Joseph's father dies. And then the brothers after the father die, after he dies, they're a little bit nervous that now Joseph is going to let him have it because he, he must be holding on to a grudge for what we did. And this is what happened. Because when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you're to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now, please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. Which... It seems they made up that message, but they sent it anyway. When their message came to him, to Joseph, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And then he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. One thing you notice about Joseph is that he didn't forget. You intended to harm me, he said. 
And they did. They, they intended that they would never see their brother again. They intended to sell their brother and they followed through with it. They intended to hurt him and they didn't even think about the impact it would have on their father or their mother or anybody else. They intended harm and Joseph did not forget. How could he? But in addition to not forgetting something, he also chose to remember something. He said, well, you intended for, you know, you intended this for harm. The next two words are really significant. But God. But God was bigger than it. But God did not allow their awful motives and their awful actions to undo any of the great plans that he had for Joseph. They intended to hurt him, God intended, but God took what they did and he overcame it by helping millions. God's ability to take care of Joseph was not dependent at all on how his brothers treated him. God was still able to care for him. And the same is true for you. God's ability to care for you is not at all dependent on what other people do to you. God will still care for you. And that's where Joseph was coming from. He remained confident in his God's ability to care for his life, no matter what anyone did to him. This is why, in a sense, it's not necessary for someone to say sorry before you, in your mind, forgive them. If that's what you're waiting for, if you're waiting for somebody to come to you before you release your anger, if, um, or before you set yourself free from your anger, if you're waiting for somebody to come to you and say, I'm sorry, to acknowledge that they hurt you, that they did something wrong, and if you remain in your, in your bitterness and your upset feelings until they do that, you're saying that your future and your happiness is totally contingent on that person instead of on God. And Joseph didn't want to do that. There are too many risks. It's too unpredictable. And you never quite know for sure if you're going to have the opportunity to have a conversation with somebody who's hurt you. He went with the thing that was steady and predictable. That was his God's ability to care for him. And that's what forgiveness is. It's being confident in God. It's also important to note what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not pretending that what they did never happened. It's not that at all. Remember, Joseph didn't pretend. He knew. It's not even saying that what they did was okay, which is what it sometimes feels like. But Joseph didn't say that either. He pointed out right away, you guys, you guys intended this for harm. It's not, any, it's not either of those things. It's just reminding yourself that God is bigger than it. That the God who loves us and cares for us will continue to love us and care for us no matter what happens. And he knows that's not an easy thing to put into practice. I mean, Joseph isn't the only one who couldn't forget what somebody did to him. How could Jesus? As he hung on a cross, as he bled under the ground beneath him, as he tried not to rub his whipped open back up against the splinters on the cross on which he was hanging. He didn't forget either. But he knew in that moment he had a choice. And he chose to put his life into the hands of his Father in heaven and to follow the guidance that he had given him to forgive, to love, to sacrifice, 
believing it was the better thing. And you know, it was. Not for him, but for us. We have peace. The peace of knowing that God is with us. No matter what we've ever done to him. We are safe with him. And if you can give that same message to somebody who has hurt you, they'll be far less likely to hurt you again.